0: Hello and welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. My name is Dan Dimite and I'm joined here in studio with my good friend and brother in Christ, Aaron Richards. Hello
1: everybody, happy Uh, to be back again. You doing well, Aaron? Yes, and You forgot that we are in the illustrious Damascus Media Studio.
0: Oh yes, here in the illustrious Damascus Media Studio, we are going to bring to you, ladies and gentlemen, a wonderful show today because we are bringing... On our special guest and good friend, Father Michael Fulton. Father Michael Fulton? Father. And
1: seminarian Mike
0: Fulton? Oh no, as of now, he is now officially ordained. Yes, so we're really excited to have a newly ordained priest with us. But um, before that, Aaron, can you open us in a
2: prayer? Absolutely.
1: In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Jesus, we love you, and we thank you, Lord, for our opportunity to be together today. God, we pray that you would inspire our hearts with an ever greater zeal for the sacraments. Jesus, continue to show us uh, the a, a love of the priesthood and a love of your church. And most importantly, God, let us receive your love in those seven miraculous sacramental ways that you've established for us, those anchors that you've set in the world. Jesus, open our hearts today. I pray that um, hearts and minds that have been far from you would come back in today's show and that members of our family, as we, our listeners, join together today, would be moved by your grace to come back to your church and to find new strength in you.
0: Yeah, Lord, we are so excited just for the re- uh, renewal of Catholic parish life that you are bringing in this Amen. country. We're so excited for just the joy of the priesthood, the joy of parish life, and the joy of community that you have given us. Lord, I pray for a, just a total uh, just hunger amongst the faithful for a renewal of the uh, sacramental life of the church, that they yeah. we would fall deeper in love with the Eucharist and deeper in love with confession, uh, these beautiful uh, gifts that you have poured out upon us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 The show's
1: called Beyond Damascus, and we are recording live in studio here at Damascus. We're in the midst of Catholic Youth Summer Camp, and uh, the the name of the show, Beyond Damascus, comes from the story that we all know. As St. Paul encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus, his life was transformed, and through that moment of encounter, he was sent forth onto mission. So our hope and prayer, listeners, is that you— through your moments of encounter with the Lord will be will be transformed into a life of missionary discipleship.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the really neat things about um, our our guest today is that it, it, you know we're gonna just talk a lot about confession and the mass, but I think mainly one of the things that doesn't get brought up a lot when we talk about parish revival or parish renewal yeah. is um, that can the number of People in the parish who are going to confession is really one of the very tangible signs as to whether or not you have a healthy parish, right? And I, I think the the um, the parishes, if you think about parishes that are truly alive yeah. and parishes that are thriving, uh, more like they strong mass attendance, there's strong mission presence, there's strong uh, uh, evangelization happening. A lot of it is directly linked to whether or not there's a lot of people going to confession. And and whether or not confession is readily accessible to the people, whether or not people are hungry to go to confession, I think it's one of those things where um, we don't talk about it much, but it's it's absolutely central and key to healthy parish life. Amen. And I think one of the, you know, um, I even think about all of the different uh, parish renewal programs that are out there. And I wonder if sometimes we work on all of the things that are outward facing, but we forget about the inward facing elements uh, of our faith, like the sacraments and the critical component of, of, okay, I need to be personally rooted in a healthy spiritual life. And I need to see the divine physician often in order to make sure that things are. Um, Right and just inside of my life, so that I can be a missionary disciple. Amen. That's good. You know, for for a lot of our, our our parishes, our
1: our primary formation on the beauty of the sacrament of reconciliation. You know, it happens in middle school, and then it rarely happens again. You see, a lot of times those um, those retreat moments, those uh, those conference moments, those beautiful times of encounter when lives are transformed, is also is often centered around a good representation of the beauty of a sacrament that's central to our experience of faith, right? That confession isn't just about, uh, uh, you know, freeing ourselves from guilt, but it's actually about uh, rooting ourselves in the grace that's necessary to live a Christian life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I was talking to my kids the other day, and I've got young ones, I was talking to my five, seven, and ten year old and we are we are just talking about basically um, you know well actually the five year old's not old enough yet, but uh, for the older ones just that at some point it's it's uh, it's not going to be just my job as your dad to send you to confession all the time like this is something that you in your heart have to desire right and that uh, so we were talking about what makes for a healthy spiritual life and a healthy life uh, in the church and they they were pointing out all the different things and I said, okay so here's what I want us to do is like, I can, I can make sure that our family goes to confession all the time and we can make it a, a requirement and a habit in our, our family. And, um, but here at Damascus, we're blessed because we have priests always on site and we have, um, confession, uh, regularly, uh, with the, the campers get to go to. And I said, instead of me requiring it, that this is what we do as a family, I would, but I'd love to see you take the initiative to go to confession. And, um, it, it was I think my uh daughter kind of started to click it clicked to that hey I actually i have i I don't have to go just when confessions offered I can actually act a priest when I like am hungry for confession and and so the the last week she's, you know, she, the the next day she wakes up and she's like, okay, dad, I'm going to go to confession. And, uh, and she hunts down father Irenaeus and she's like, father, can, can you hear my confession? And it was, it was fun because, you know, he's, he's just woke up and he's about to, he's drinking his morning coffee. He's about to head up to breakfast. And yet the joy on his face, um, when she asked was just something I love to see. Like he was so excited that, a child of God was asking for the sacrament. And I think a lot, like, sometimes we forget that the priest is ordained for the sake of our salvation and for these sacraments, and they're so happy to offer them, they want us to long for them. Yeah, yeah,
1: amen. That's good. Lord, give us a greater hunger for those things that you desire to give. You know, um, I, 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 heard a, I heard a reflection one time, and I, I see it so true in my life that my greatest joy is to see my kids celebrating in i don't know my greatest joy one of my greatest joys is to see my kids and celebrating in the in the in the ways that i like to pour out generosity on them right that when i give gifts to my kids um it's not about what they receive but it's about the spirit it's about the experience of of me pouring out and and giving and and part of giving is re- receiving right mm-hmm. and and Dan, to your I guess to your point that that when God gives a gift and, and God gives plenty of gifts that that we actually have a responsibility to receive. It's not just it's not just that we have this great you know opportunity of grace um, that we can go and and take whenever we desire, but that we actually have a responsibility and relationship to receive the good gifts that God gives to us, and it it makes us better and it and it builds our relationship with Him. Mm-hmm. It puts us in, in right order. It puts, our, it puts our relationship in perspective.
0: Amen. That's awesome. So we are really excited. We're going to bring on uh, the dear Father Michael Fulton here. In a few moments, we're going to take a short break. You're listening to Beyond Damascus, a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN yeah. Radio, and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. And right after this break, we will be right back with a new priest. EWTN, communicating the faith. And I wanted to tell you guys how great your show is because uh, I listen to you guys every every day for the last past five and a half months. It's because of you guys that I came to the Catholic faith. Now I'm going to church on Sunday for the first time because I just got up yesterday from jail. And I got my mom to go too, and my girlfriend is also going with me. She's willing to give the Catholic faith a try. EWTN, live truth, live Catholic.
1: Wings is the weekly newsletter that's packed with program info, features, and updates of all that's going on at the Global Catholic Network. Just go to EWTN.com slash Wings. Fill out your name and email address, and you'll start getting your Wings every week. When you get yours, send it to all your friends, and they can send it to their friends. And pretty soon, we're covering the whole world with the good news about EWTN. Wings, the weekly newsletter from EWTN, the Global Catholic Network. Welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Beyond Damascus is a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. And today is going to be an amazing show. We're recording live in studio here at the illustrious Damascus Media Studio. And friends, you're joining us once again in the midst of Catholic Youth Summer Camp. So we've got... A couple hundred kiddos here, uh, even under some additional social distancing policies. We're, we're still dealing with COVID-19 here in the year 2020, so if you're listening to this in a far future date after we've defeated this pandemic, praise be to Jesus. <laughs> and uh, right now, even COVID-19 isn't stopping um, our young people from experiencing a powerful encounter with Jesus, so please always keep them and us in your prayers Dan, we've got an amazing guest today. I don't want to delay any further. His name is now Father Michael Fulton. Welcome
2: welcome to the show, Father. Thank you, gentlemen. It is a pleasure to be here in the illustrious studios you have They are (laughs) quite illustrious. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So,
0: Father, do your parents call you Father?
2: Actually, yes. Was my, that awkward? Was that awkward the first time? My mother doesn't think it's awkward at all. Okay. She, I told her, "Mom, you have probably the least need of any person in the entire world to call me deacon or father," uh, <laughs> but she calls me father the most. Nice. I'll get a text message from her saying, "Father, what's your new address?" Or, "Father, what's this?" <laughs> <laughs> "Mom, it's, it's perfectly okay." <laughs> nice.
0: Yeah. How's the conversation with your father go? <laughs> oh gosh. Well, does Dad call you father?
2: He hasn't called me. He's called me father a few times, yeah. actually, and it's, it's always met with different reactions. Sometimes it brings about like a bunch of funny jokes, and sometimes it brings about a bit of wailing and sobbing and tears, and just full <laughs> men get emotional about oh, these yes, things. Oh, I can believe that.
0: And we know your parents well. Behind every great priest is an even greater married couple.
2: <laughs> oh, my goodness. I do not deserve my parents. They have been excellent um, Excellent role models. They've had excellent patience with me and my siblings, and have really given me an excellent um, an excellent example of how to live a faithful Catholic life. Yeah, so, yeah. and they're just awesome people. Oh, yeah. They're so cool, super fun.
0: I think it's it's interesting because sometimes you see parents who really have a hard time when their son enters seminary because they go through a grieving process. That like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to have grandchildren from this kid, you know? And uh, but it seems like your parents have just been like ardent cheerleaders for you the entire journey, which yeah. is really amazing.
2: Oh, yeah. They've been very supportive. Um, my mother and father, they actually lived about 10 minutes away from the seminary when I entered. So uh-huh. it was on the exact same street as the seminary, just 10 miles north. And I would pop in with buddies, and we'd have you know a bonfire and have a home-cooked meal every now and then. Uh-huh. But then in my second year of seminary, they moved from 10 miles away to, <laughs> to 1200 miles away to yeah, Denver to Colorado Denver. <laughs> yeah and so it's funny even even then when I feel like I didn't really leave the nest the nest kind of left me but even mm-hmm. from there they have never given me trouble or ever discouraged me from following my vocation yeah. and they've always been very ardent in prayer for that
0: yeah oh well, i we thank all parents who are raising their children yeah. and um like uh like God the Father, we are called to give our children as a gift back uh, to the Father. And so uh, the Father gave his Son, uh, Jesus Christ, for our sake. And as parents, we're called to give our children back to the Father. Um, so Father, why don't you tell us your story growing up? How did you come to faith in Jesus Christ and fall in love with the Lord and the giver of
2: life? Yeah, there's uh my story is pretty similar to many priest stories. And the the Conversion stories of a lot of the kids here at camp actually. So, I was you were one of them because I was one of them, yeah. <laughs> so, when I was growing up, we grew up in a good Catholic family and we prayed as often as we could, but you know, less and less year, year by year. And as we got more busy, and then when we moved from Denver, where I was born, out here to Columbus, Ohio, God's promised land. Uh, <laughs> That's what they say. That's what somebody says. I, I, I love Columbus, Ohio. Oh, that's My why I've seen all the not. milk and honey flowing. It's, yeah, that makes it's sense. It's a beautiful place. When we moved out here to Columbus, though, we slowly started to fall away from our faith. Um, also, I was coming into adolescence, and it's a tough time for anyone's walk with God. I just cared about myself. And, and so year after year, that would slowly fall away. Mm. But then in receiving the sacrament of confirmation, I remember going to confirmation classes and hearing the way that the faith was presented there. And it was was beautiful. I hadn't heard it that way before. I'd gone to five years of Catholic school, and I'd learned a great deal about the content of the faith. But a very faithful youth youth minister, she was very intentional about showing the relationship that is needed in the Catholic faith, Mm. the relationship with God the relationship with this church, the relationship between God and his family, which is the church, and realizing the great history and the great context that I'm being welcomed into and that I'm a part of as part of this church. And the whole thing, it just hit me by surprise. And I thought, I don't quite know what's going on with this whole church thing, but I'm realizing there's a lot more to it than I thought. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it deserves a bit of my time and my interest. So... So, yeah. Yeah, I love that. So I dove right in. Yeah, one of the things – we
0: do a confirmation retreat here at Damascus, and the opening talk always – it kind of stresses that uh, every sacrament is poured out for the sake of a relationship with Mm -hmm. Jesus, right? That baptism initiates a relationship. uh, Confession heals a broken relationship. uh, Communion uh, strengthens and nourishes the relationship. And so often, I think, young people don't understand. They get confirmed, but they don't understand that confirmation, uh, the word means to strengthen. And Mm. it isn't that uh, that it's not that I'm necessarily confirming my faith, but it's that God is confirming me that He's giving me the grace to strengthen this relationship. He's strengthening my soul, but He's also strengthening this relationship we can have with Him. And it sounds like that's what was going on. He was He was accomplishing. Well, it's as if the sacraments are efficacious, right? <laughs> Absolutely, they are efficacious. For, for, this, for those listeners by that, the, for those listeners that don't know what that word means, Father, what, what does that mean?
2: they're efficacious. They work. They, yeah. they, they do stuff. Like they, the they the do grace do of the stuff. sacraments actually does work on your soul. Mm-hmm. I love it. Praise the Lord. So
0: you're you're in middle school. You're starting to realize, okay, a relationship with Jesus sounds pretty amazing um, and there's more to learn. What next?
2: So from there, I decided that the youth group would be a pretty good place to spend the time. And, mm-hmm. and there's always plenty of things vying for the attention of of people going into high school, there's always sports and activities and different groups to join. And luckily, I was in a place where the youth group just looked beautiful and very, very inviting. I wanted to get, learn more about the faith. At the same time, there were a lot of pretty girls at the at the youth group from a lot of different schools. And a freshman it's boy, was helpful. Like, <laughs> the freshman boy in me was just like, "Oh, fantastic! Let's go!" Uh huh. And <laughs> so I went to youth group actually just to just to go and play the games and to to flirt with the girls. But the longer I was there, the more it flipped. And the relationships that were built there actually pushed me closer and closer to our Lord. And Hmm. I wasn't going just to to mess around and to joke around at retreats, but I was going to hear the talks and actually listen to what they were saying and go to adoration, this thing that I had never heard of. And it was this beautiful thing where... Our Lord is presented to us in the tabernacle right there in the altar where Mass has been celebrated. And it all these things were starting to work on me, and it was bringing me closer in. And finally, speaking of relationship and vocation, vocation comes from the word vocari, to call. There was an actual call. like My pastor at the time, Father David Sizemore, he called me over from one of the activities during the youth group. He introduced himself, said, Hey, I've noticed you at the past couple events and you ever thought about um discerning the priesthood Mm -hmm. he just called me out right there didn't (laughs) didn't mince his words but he was just very blunt i just came here for the mountain dew man (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and that just shook my world yeah the whole thing first off i was wondering what the heck is this priest saying and what is what does it even mean to say have you ever discerned the priesthood yeah i thought is that even is that a compliment? Is that a good thing? Should be? Should I be offended? <laughs> what does he mean? I would look good in black, or <laughs> and so I just kind of wrote him off. Put it the thought in the back of my head.
0: Father, but, were you offended at all at that moment?
2: I was definitely surprised. I was very surprised.
0: I think sometimes people are afraid to invite people to consider discerning a priesthood because they're afraid they're going to offend someone, right? But. It sounds like you, you were surprised. You were almost honored, though, it sounds like, in a sense of like, wow, he kind of sees something in me.
2: Yeah, and the more I thought about what this priest had said, the more it started to really affect me. I started to think about, what do I know about myself? And, like, and the more I looked at myself, high school boys, we don't like to be very introspective. <laughs> like, but this, this really, it, it, called me, it called me out. And the more I looked at myself and the more I looked at, the things I enjoy, the things that I feel fulfilled in, the more it would line up with what little I knew Mm. about the priesthood. And it it actually... Started to make sense. It made more and more sense. And for about a month, I kind of drove myself crazy thinking about this. Yeah, And I actually went back and I asked him. And I ended up meeting with him on a regular basis, just talking about what the priesthood is, because I didn't know very much. And then I also, we learned about what a Catholic man is and what it looks like to to pray and to serve and to be, to give of myself and to, to devote my life to the Lord. Because you can't become a Catholic priest before you know how to be a Catholic man. Mm. And so laying that foundation, meeting with this priest. And so I was throwing this idea of the priesthood around, you know, having these meetings. That, "Oh, Yeah, this could definitely be a possibility. But then I'd also go and, you know, on on the weekend I'd go and mess around with my friends. I'd go to a party. I'd go out. To a football game, and I'd forget everything that that I'd been talking about, anything anything about the Lord. And so I was just going back and forth between these two uh, these two worlds: the call of the world towards doing what makes me feel good, and the call of the Lord to do what He had made me to do. Mm-hmm. And it was the sacrament of confession that actually solidified everything. Yeah. So yeah, I went. We were on high school retreat, and adoration was going on. And confessions were being heard in the back room. And I remember I went to confession. I can't remember who the priest was or mm-hmm. even what I confessed. But I remember specifically that that encounter with the sacrament of confession, our Lord's presence in that sacrament, was absolutely breathtaking. I was yeah. keenly aware of just all the, the mercy and the forgiveness mm-hmm. and the healing that was taking place. And it it... As an encounter with the sacraments does, it rocked my world. It, mm. was, it was incredible. And I remember very distinctly afterwards hearing this, uh, having this feeling in my, in my heart that I want to do this. Yeah. It was like that moment called from encounter to submission, like you're saying, yep. where it wasn't just an encounter with the Lord, but it was a call to, to go further. Mm. So I've, I'd seen the Lord's mercy working in the sacrament. And I knew that I wanted to have a part in it, not just receiving it, but one day being able to be God's instrument in giving this grace and giving this sacrament. And so at that moment, I was like, all right, well. There's only one way to do this. There's only one way to do this. (laughs) So I went, I visited the seminary. I was, Again, I was nervous the whole way, but as soon as I got to the seminary, it was the most peaceful I'd ever felt. Uh I said, okay, I don't know what the Lord wants me to do, but he wants me to do it here. And that summer, I was a camper at CYSC, and I had just all these excellent encounters with with our Lord. The su- the previous summer, I was a camper at CYSC, and I think I'd made it. <laughs> what did you say? Probably about twenty four hours. Yeah, you at, at you camp. have the
0: record of being the camper that left
2: the fastest out of any other campers. Oh, yeah. Can
0: you share why?
2: Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> conversation on, on confession how, how and old conversion were we? back. Yeah, we're going back to junior okay. junior year in high school. Okay. Fulton. <laughs> <laughs> I showed up to CYSC. I'd never been to it, never heard of it. My parents had signed me up and showed up. It was great. I had no problem with it. First night went great. I had a great counselor, great guys in my small group. Next day, we're Going out, and we've got this had this thing at the time called mandatory fun time. You have to go out, and you have to have fun. Oh, yeah. If
0: you don't have fun, you're breaking the rules. You're breaking the rules. Yes, and mandatory I'm, fun time. I'm required. a abiding
2: citizen, yes. so I had to go have some fun. <laughs> and I joined a game of Ultimate Frisbee, again, something I'd never experienced before. Uh-huh. And so I <laughs> wasn't paying attention to where I was running, and I ran right into someone's hand as they were throwing just a bomb... Of a pass with the frisbee. And, and you blocked it. I blocked it so well with my left eye.
0: <laughs> yeah. So if you've ever played frisbee, you do want to block the frisbee when you're on defense, but you don't want to do oh. it with your left eye.
2: Yep. The next thing I know, I was in, I was in the back of Dan Damate's pickup truck. I was going to the hospital, and I was being consoled the entire way. I was like, this is great. This fantastic.
0: So the good news is, Father, you you're an ordained priest,
2: and you're not wearing an ipad I can see. Actually, I can see better out of my left eye. <laughs> so, well, praise the Lord. Take back <laughs> everything I said about not getting it. <laughs> yeah. The mercy of God is rich yeah, indeed. He is. He works in mysterious ways. <laughs> but I came back the next summer, and I was excited to to catch up on everything that I had missed. So I want to. Oh. I want to. See what this camp has to offer.
0: No pun intended. You wanted to see what the camp has to offer. I could see it with both <laughs> eyes, with both of them wide open. Exactly. Yes. That's and it awesome. was it was a beautiful summer.
2: So yeah. I loved being a camper. I loved going on the, on the Zorbs. I loved going on, going out on the lake and doing oh, yeah. paintball and doing all these different activities. Paintballing on the lake. Paintballing on the lake. I wish I could have done that. <laughs> do we do that now? No, no, no. Don't get me excited. But it's a good
0: idea. If, how about once we get enough St. Peter's that walk on the water, then we could play paintball on top of the water. So, I'm, Father Bishop Brennan was here last... <laughs> I'm just going to cut that off. <laughs> oh, Aaron just moves
1: on. Bishop Brennan was here last week, and at our closing liturgy, it was really beautiful. Every every week of our summer camp, we invite young men and young women to, um, to stand and acknowledge in front of their peers if they have uh, heard the Lord calling them to be more open to the discernment of a priestly or religious vocation. And... Uh, it was it was a really touching moment Bishop Brennan shared that uh, he 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 came down and he sat down w- with the kids and um, he made the statement that like this this declaration of of faith and this testimony that you're giving by committing in front of your peers that this is an openness that you have in your heart it's not just uh, lip service like this isn't just something that we say because we've had a good experience or we say because we want to be accepted or loved or whatever or look good in front of our peers but um, he proudly said that he just ordained the week prior three s- seminarians into priesthood two of whom had stood before their peers at Catholic summer camp and made th- that same statement years before so was that was that moment where you kind of acknowledged with your peers at camp your discernment of priesthood was that was that just part of the puzzle or
2: was that something that took some guts Oh, it always takes some guts. I mean, there yeah. there had been a process leading up to that, you know, questioning and wondering whether or not this is like this is even something that's on my radar. Yep. But Yep. Every any time a young man is willing to put himself forward and say, "I think the Lord might be calling me to this," and generously giving some yeah. of his time to dedicate to prayer and to discernment, that is that takes tremendous courage. That's a big deal.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. I think there is something even the just being, if if we can't be open around those who are in the faith and supportive of us in the faith, we'll never be able to be open yeah. to those who are hostile to the faith, right? And so there is a, a great grace of boldness being poured out in that moment. Well, and and I, I just I want
1: to I want to encourage our listeners too mm-hmm. that, um, you know, we speak about the shortage of priests and religious within our church, and and that is that is true, and that is it, it's a it's a challenge that we face as as a church today um, but it's not a losing battle you know uh, there's hope and I wish I wish that our listeners could could see af, after a week of Youth summer camp here when we make that call at the closing mass it's not just one or two kids that gets up and and makes that that statement but I mean what would you say usually 30 40 guys um, 30 40 women stand up and say that yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to open myself. I'd like to commit to my peers that I'm opening myself to a call that I believe God might be placing on my life. Yeah, it's it's pretty astounding.
0: Well, just that, and and the way Father uh, Sizemore had kind of encouraged you um, to consider. I think that introspection is so important. The way you put it, Father Michael, is is great. How the sometimes you don't um, a high school boy or a middle school boy, they're not very introspective. So to challenge or to to invite, hey, have you ever thought about considering the priesthood, all of a sudden, like, boom, it takes you inward into conversation with God immediately, yeah. like, Oh God, is that something you want? And what, I mean, just that simple question, God, is that something you want? It opens a conversation and a dialogue with a young man in the Lord to um, now start discerning their future as opposed to um, you know just thinking about their future, which yep. is it's it's a big difference so so
1: good so parents tonight here's some great conversation points for you around the dinner table. You just sit down and you look your son in the eye and you say,
0: <laughs> When are you entering the session <laughs> yeah <laughs> we 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 uh we have those conversations with our kids sometimes and uh well one point my daughter uh said that when she grows up my wife was like, "Well, what do you think you want to do when you grow up she's like, well when i grow up i I want to be a biker nun with purple hair. Is so, this Gemma? This is my daughter Gemma, yes. So Gemma
1: yesterday at lunch told us that she wanted to be a nun who lives in her mom's basement. <laughs> well, there you go.
0: So she's going to be a biker nun with purple hair that lives in her mom's basement. Uh, I like that. It's only her mom's basement. Apparently, I'm not there. <laughs> that is a very specific mission. Yes, yes. So so if you find a religious community father that uh, – Or four men. Yeah, your basement yeah that have bikers uh, as part of their apostolate that would be helpful um that's awesome so you you were sharing about just the grace of confession and the power that you just desired so ardently um that grace that you've received that you want to give it to others so you've been a priest for a mighty 2 weeks um, uh, not quite <laughs> not, like even, not even not even two even. Weeks. about a week and 10 days we <laughs> oh and gosh. uh so how how has it been um Offering the grace of confession to uh, the children of God.
2: It has been a whirlwind. I mean, today is Wednesday, and that is a day at camp where plenty of priests they come onto campus and they go and they sit and they hear confessions for hours and just pour out the Lord's mercy. And the campers are free to come and take advantage of the sin of their of the grace of the sacrament. Yeah. have to confess their sins and to pour it all out. And Reestablish that relationship with God, and I've been on the receiving end of that many times. Yeah. Like on Wednesdays, whether it's as a, a camper, as a counselor, you know the countless times I've gone to confession in seminary, and the plenty of times that I'm going to need to receive confession in the future. But to be on the other side of that and to be dispensing, you know, God's God's mercy, and to and to be used in this way, it's. It's, it, it feels right, but it also feels kind of – it's crazy. It's the coolest thing I've ever done, pretty, pretty <laughs> like, I, <laughs> I don't know how to say this. This is amazing. Yeah,
0: I love that. Praise the Lord. The um, If you were to share with our listeners, um, maybe if they haven't been to confession for a while, if they're nervous or scared to go to confession, um, what do you think as a priest, What is what would you encourage them by saying?
2: One thing that I've been saying today several times to all the campers before the time of confession is it is never too late to come back to confession. It is never too early. Sometimes right after confession or or sometimes after you go to confession, maybe a month later, you feel like, oh, gosh, I've already, like, I've already fallen. Like, the Lord, he wouldn't take me back. Like, I'm clearly, clearly he doesn't have any time for me. Like, why would he? Mm-hmm. Or I've got something way too big on my soul. It's yeah. never too. It's never too late. There's never anything too big to bring to the Lord's mercy. It's never. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. Praise the Lord. So, Father, if uh, we were sharing a little bit before we welcomed you on the show about just the transformational impact a uh, uh, vibrant um, parish can have when when confession is, is readily accessible. With the how as a priest, how would you see confessions? Um, in parish life being transformational and how do you think we can help make confession more effective? So one of the things I'm thinking father is, uh, so I, I, notice a lot of times confessions at like four o'clock on a Saturday, right? And, Um, and it's really hard as a family to get to confession at four o'clock on a Saturday. That's like when baseball games are going on, it's like, but, um, but when families make that commitment or when they strive, like what is the parish's role in fostering Mm. and how can the parish really foster a love for confession?
2: Well, preaching on confession, like it's, Mm. it's always, it's always an easy one for me. It's, there's never, it's never a bad thing to invite people to come back to God's mercy. And in the words of Pope Francis, a parish is a, is a field hospital of mercy. Like, this is a place for healing. And if you're coming to Mass and you're going to the different events and you're going to different groups, that's excellent. But if there's some healing and there's something broken in your relationship with God, that is one of the primary relation, responsibilities of the Catholic Church is reconciling is reconciling. Is reconciling the people to God and mm, yeah. reforming that relationship and that bond of grace. Yeah. So it's important for priests to get in the box, spend time in the confessional, and make that availability open. And it's important for people to step out of their way. Like I would go way out of my way to to go to find a taco truck that's on the far side of town. <laughs> And I have often in, <laughs> in the same way it's, you can go out of your way to go and find God's mercy. Amen. Like, even if there's a baseball game, yeah, the baseball game will it. be there later. <laughs> let's make sure mercy.
0: we figured that out. I love that. So, uh, I think that's such a beautiful insight that, Hey, we do a lot of things to go out of our way for things that are important. Let's go out of our way for things that are most important. Um, so father, if, uh, Um, I forget the question I was going to ask next. I'm sorry. That's okay. I've got a good one. Okay. So
1: here's my observation, friends. We've got an amazing, young, energetic, vibrant, charismatic priest who is here. He's, he's fresh out of the seminary. And I just, I I, want to make an observation that it's funny to me that it seems like one of the things you're most excited about is confession. Is sitting in the confessional. I think you're you're shifting my worldview, and I would say I'm probably not even the typical you know secular Catholic worldview. In that I'm seeped in this stuff every day here at Damascus, but um, you know, so many times I think even my uh, understanding of confession is that like this is a a boring um, kind of uh, I don't know passive experience where we go and we receive you know you 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 suck up your pride and you go and you do this thing that nobody really likes to do, and then you engage in this process that's probably good for you, but it's like going to the dentist right <laughs> um, but it's really encouraging for me father michael to see uh to see just the joy and the and the vibrant excitement that you that you honestly mm. have toward this
2: experience yeah, well, I know the joy that confession has brought me, yeah countless times and i've seen i just today i've seen the joy that comes with knowing that your sins have been forgiven and that your relationship with God has been restored and that that life of grace is is restored. Yeah. And so seeing that joy, like it is a, it is a thoroughly joyful yeah. <laughs> experience.
1: So parents, let me translate, okay? We have Father Michael Fulton who experienced in, in no um, small way God's call to vocation, to priesthood, to fulfillment in his life through participation in the sacraments. We are seeing here at Catholic Youth Summer Camp every week hundreds of kids who are having powerful encounters with God, life-changing encounters with God, joyful encounters, transformative encounters with God through the Sacrament of Reconciliation. Mm -hmm. If you've had a poor experience or if you've had anything less than an exciting and an encouraging and formative experience with the Sacrament of Reconciliation in your life and your parenting is being influenced because of it— now is the time to challenge your presumption, right? Yep, now absolutely. is the time, now is the time to go back and to ask yourself, you know, may, maybe the problem was me here. Maybe maybe I had a bad experience. Maybe it's it's time for me to ask myself: is this is this one of the graces that God's offering me in parenting my family that I'm that I might be missing out on or not taking advantage of? And God, what do you want? What do you want to do yeah. about that?
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. That's a great that's a great perspective, Aaron. I'm, there's a priest I know that uh one time went to confession to him behind the screen and yeah. uh and it, it 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 wasn't the best confession of my life and uh I was kind of initially like man I I know this priest he's so amazing he's so loving he's so gen-. like what and and uh as I started to like pray into it more I realized you know what I have I have bad days too as a dad where I'm not the most loving parent I could be in the moment because I like I have a hard day at work, and so if I have a hard day at work, when I get home and my kids have a need, sometimes I'm not able to pour out as as effectively as possible, right? But I also have really good days as a dad, and I think sometimes like we also, if you had a bad experience in confession once, like just just like the sacrament of confession gives you mercy, give mercy as well, right? And okay. say, realize that like not every at not every single possible experience is going to be perfect um, and and so to continue just jump like i'm hungry for god's mercy and i'm hungry to encounter him again and again in confession and amen uh, and i'm gonna do it so
1: good i hope that's whetted your appetite friends we're gonna take a short break and when we come back we will continue on a, a little bit further into the story of father michael fulton um, we'll learn a little bit more about his life and we'll give us a, a solid charge Um, To take home uh, to the family today. So, thank you for joining us. This is Beyond Damascus, where Encounter meets Mission, and we will catch up with you right after the break. He was a doctor of the church, a Carmelite, and one of the most famous mystics of all time. Matthew Bunsen and the doctors of the church. St. John of the Cross wanted to help all Christians to become saints. One of his most important teachings was to encourage us all to learn how to love. For there is no love, he said. Put love, and you will find love. He died in 1591. For more about the Doctors of the Church, visit doctorsofthechurch.com.
0: Hey Alexa, how many ways can I get EWTN? You can get EWTN on television, via cable and satellite, on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire, and Google Play. You can get EWTN Radio in your car on Sirius XM Channel 130 and on the go on any mobile device with the EWTN app. And here's the best news. Now you can get EWTN's great programming on me.
1: And welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Thanks for joining us again today with our special guest, Father Michael Fulton. Beyond Damascus is a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. This has
0: been a heck of a show.
1: Where do we go from here?
0: (laughs) Yeah, so Aaron, I was just thinking that one of the things that really stuck out to me uh, during Father Fulton's testimony was just the the father, the importance youth ministry was in your life where it it seemed like there was the, the youth ministry experience you had during confirmation and then it was there during high school and you had multiple you know, it it sounds like it wasn't like I went on one retreat and then all of a sudden I was like sold on my vocation of my life with Christ. But it sounded like it was more like a progressive journey that the, the parish and the youth group was there by your side during adolescence.
2: Absolutely I mean I I would really love to say that my story was just, you know, this one and done big conversion moment. All right, we're throwing it all, you know, onto onto our Lord and we're totally on on board hundred percent. But it was it was a series of of back and forth, back and forth. And there were times when I was fully invested and in like, okay, we are excited, we we're going. And there were times when I would fall fall away from that. And if I didn't have one, I had the encouragement of my family, but I also had the encouragement and the accompaniment of this excellent parish youth group that they were always there they were even in, even when I wasn't particularly thankful or I wasn't really showing a lot of a lot of signs of progress they were there to accompany me and to always kind of help me recenter and remember the the direction of my life always pointing towards the Lord yeah so they were huge and I don't know where I'd be if I didn't have if I didn't have that help throughout that time.
0: Yeah, I think that's so valuable. And, uh, you know, one of the sad tragedies I'm hearing during this COVID-19 crisis is parish budgets are, are reason like, they're down, right? Because mass attendance went, like, dropped off, and there was no mass attendance for two months, and offertories were low, and now mass attendance is still kind of uh, slowly ramping up. And who knows how long that slow ramp-up will take or whether or not, parishes will get back to the same numbers. And um, so collections are down, and one of the difficult decisions that a lot of priests around the country are making are, well, what programs do we cut? And it sounds like across the country, as I've heard from the youth ministers uh, and different priests and different uh, dioceses I've been talking to, that a lot of times youth ministry gets cut. And it's, uh, it's a sad reality because um, we— it's 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 a reasonable reality. Sometimes cuts have to be made, but the the importance of parish youth ministry can't be cut. Essentially, like we need to make sure we're raising up our young people. And I just want to encourage our listeners: if um, it, you know. Evaluate your parish and ask if, if, what can you do for the youth in your parish? Whether that is, you know, there's a thriving youth group and you just need to be a support to it, or if the youth group is struggling right now and you can ask how you can help, or if you have no youth group at all, what can you do to really help inspire the next generation to live their Catholic faith? And, um, because if these young people don't have someone, I mean, you had a priest and you had a youth minister and you had a, a, a bunch of, people, volunteers with the youth group who walked with you during your high school and adolescent years. And that's so meaningful to a young person. And where will we be if we don't walk with our youth during this crisis? It's been interesting. We finished our first week of camp last week. And uh, Aaron and I, we've been running camp for 20 years. We've seen thousands and thousands of campers come through. I would say last Friday um, at the closing mass, every Friday we have kids give um, testimony of their experience at camp it was the most profound week of testimonies mm-hmm. I've ever heard in my life. Um, the, the, the encounter they had post-COVID-19, post-quarantine, um, was by far the most substantial, uh, deep encounter I've ever seen young people have. Wow. And I think it's because there was um, they've been quieted, finally. They've been quieted, right? And so God is working in young people's hearts right now. The question is, are we going to be able to respond um, yeah. to their need? That's a heck of an invitation
1: and um, and a challenge and a responsibility. Pray that pray that we would receive that challenge well. So, parents, if you are if you if you're still in the midst of whether you're hearing the show still mid COVID nineteen or whether you're just struggling as a parent to understand how to how is it that I speak to the heart of my um, son or my daughter, uh, let this be encouragement for you that that you need to you need to push in. That, that kids desire to have that relationship, that kids desire to see your support and your investment. Um, you know our goal is to create an environment here at Damascus where the seed that the Lord plants, the, the seed of the word of God can grow and can and can be vi- vibrantly received into fertile ground, right? And isn't that the same responsibility that all of us have that our home would be a place? Where the, where the Word of God would be able to be planted and grow, where our parish would be a place where the Word of God can be planted and grow. And ultimately, each one of us has a responsibility to do the little things to be able to say, okay, you know, this aspect of my home, this aspect of my relationship with my kids, this aspect of my, of my parish life is, I think it's creating an environment that's hostile to, um, to young people experiencing God's love or to anybody experiencing God's love. And we need, to, we, need to, we need to live constantly as that advocate to be able to say, what can I do? How can I be engaged? How can I be involved? Who can I support mm-hmm. to, make this, um, to make this a better environment?
0: Amen. Okay, Father Fulton, pop question. So Ooh. other than sacraments, um, because clearly you're excited for the sacramental ministry of the priesthood. Other than the sacraments, what part of the priesthood are you most looking forward to?
2: So the what tough thing is there. Exactly. The tough thing is I've been a priest for a whole whopping 10 days oh. and I haven't been able to I haven't been able to be in a lot of all of this. And we spent, spent about half of them here. But I tell you what I'm really looking forward to, I am looking forward to preparing couples for marriage, hmm. visiting people in the hospital. A couple of years ago we had in our apostolic works a rotation in OSU hospital visiting yeah. the sick and the dying. Speaking with them and bringing the Lord's peace and inviting them to, you know, come back to the Lord and you know, encouraging them in these difficult times. Hispanic ministry. I was lucky enough; the bishop of Columbus was generous enough to send myself and a couple of classmates to um, to Costa Rica a few years ago to learn Spanish, so that we could come back and serve the Spanish-speaking members of of our diocese. That's so amazing. I'm really excited. There's still it's funny, there's still a lot of words that I still need to learn. But I can we've got enough that we can really do a lot of a lot of good and be able to preach the gospel effectively. Yeah. And I'm excited. I'm going to gonna be assigned to Christ the King on Livingston Avenue. Praise the Lord, I didn't yes. know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna be Whoa! I'm gonna be at Christ the
1: King doing a that's, Hispanic my, that's ministry. my my old parish. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Father Shock, you're so lucky.
0: Oh, Your dreams yeah. are coming true. You know, we're neighbors now. I live two streets down from Christ the King. Oh, yeah. And just the <laughs> same way you visited all those nuns with all
2: that food. I'm oh, expecting oh, the same yeah, royal treatment. Yeah, freedom. we'll knock on the door. Okay,
0: Father, here's some banana nut bread. <laughs> yes. Oh, I know Amber goodness. can cook. That's yeah.
1: awesome. I'm so excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm having a hard time containing myself right now. And uh, also, the youth ministry of Christ the King,
2: I've been talking to some of the great missionaries here at, at Damascus, at Damascus. And some of them are involved and have been involved for several years at that youth group. So yep. some of them who are bilingual and who come down and minister to English-speaking and Spanish-speaking and bilingual kids alike and have just been doing excellent work. They've been telling me about the relationships they've formed yeah. and the great progress and the, the, the growth that they've seen in these kids from my parish. And I'm so excited to be a part of that and to be at this parish and to... And be a part of their lives. Yeah. Oh man, it's amazing. I'm also really excited, in a particular way, for high school ministry. So yeah. I was named. Um, I've got ministerial and teaching duties at Bishop Hartley High School on yes. the east side. Great.
1: So, this is this is like my dream come true. What the heck? Yeah. So How Bishop, did I know this. Bishop Thank you, Bishop Brennan.
2: Is, Bishop Brennan is the bomb. He is in, being really intentional about putting priests in high schools and he's starting to do that. He's putting me and Hartley and my classmate Father Keller is going to Bishop Reedy. Yeah. And I mean, he wants to he wants to build up the life in our high schools. He wants to build up vocations. He wants to really build up the faithful and yes. you know going to the youth is going to be monumental for that. Amen. Praise the
0: Lord. It is going to be so good to have the priesthood present in the high schools and talking about extending the mercy of God and making confession available for the youth is just such an awesome opportunity there. And so listeners, I don't know if you can hear the excitement that's on Father Fulton's uh, voice. Um, But we can definitely see the excitement on his face with his brilliant smile here as well. There is absolutely nothing um, lacking (laughs) from the joy and the beauty of the priesthood. and um, So we're so blessed to be able to um, watch you, Father, as you've uh, entered into this wonderful sacrament in your own life, but also uh, now get to watch you minister to the church and the faithful.
2: Thank you very much. Yeah, Yeah, thank
0: you for joining us today, Father. So, Aaron, we're going to wrap up the show. If you are a listener and you're like, wow, I have a young person at my house that has been quarantined for a couple of months and um, would love for them to have an encounter with Jesus Christ, uh, we uh, still have spots here at Catholic Youth Summer Camp. You can go to CYSC.com and uh, check out the— Um, opportunity to send your son or daughter to Catholic Youth Summer Camp this summer. Um, It's been exciting to be able to offer a safe environment for young people uh, to have a summer camp experience even in the midst of Mm -hmm. a pandemic. Um, But also, we're just really blessed uh, by this radio show. And so if you want to share this episode with anyone and share the joy of the priesthood um, with any young person that you know or anyone else of any age, uh, you can feel free to check out our podcast wherever podcasts Mm -hmm. are found. Just go to your podcast Channel and type in Beyond Damascus, and this show will be there, and you can yeah. share it with others. One of the coolest things that I, I took away from today's show was just, once again, that
1: reflection that uh, Father Mike had a faith that came alive through exposure to the sacraments. And I think a lot of times, maybe as as parents, um, that, that I we, I— um, I don't know, sometimes feel like the only thing I can do is bring my kid to Mass, right? The only thing I can do is bring them to confession. That, that's not a small task, right? That's not a small thing. But being able to actually create opportunities, those encounter moments to expose our sons and daughters, to expose our grandchildren, to expose their friends to a moment of encounter with Jesus. You know, we've said it before, we'll say it again, that uh, five out of six young people leave the practice of their Catholic faith within 10 years of confirmation, but the one that remains, the most—, the most um, substantial indicator of whether that young person is going to live out a life of faith is whether they've had a powerful moment of encounter. And here at Damascus or at your parish youth ministry program or at a service uh, service event or opportunity or even at your parish, engage in the sacraments in relationship with your pastor. Those are the places where those experiences happen. So uh, parents, um, grandparents, uh, friends, family, your role is so important in creating an environment where young people can say yes to a relationship with Jesus.
0: Yeah, and that's for you as well, right? That we all need those transformative experiences, amen. not just the amen. kids.
1: Amen. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Jesus, continue to inspire our hearts. Let us be moved by the testimony that we've heard today, and we pray, God, that you will put a new fire in each of us, regardless of our age or background or experience, Jesus, that you will give us a new desire, a new zeal for a greater experience of your sacraments. We pray that a little bit of that joy that Father Michael shared today um, would rub off on each of us so that we can too experience your call powerfully made present through a new understanding of the grace of the sacraments. We pray this all in Jesus' name, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Once again, thanks for joining us today on Beyond Damascus. Beyond Damascus is a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Please join us again next week and check out our show online. God bless you and have a great day.